0: Welcome to Freelance Feels, a podcast all about self-employed life. Today I am talking to Ellen Mary, who is a gardening podcaster, writer, broadcaster, many, many things, which I'll get you to tell us about in a minute, Ellen. Welcome to the podcast. Thank Thank you for having me. Welcome would you like to tell everyone exactly what it is that you do because I know that you have quite a few freelancers in inverted commas don't you so tell us everything that that brings you to self-employed life.
1: It's like, it's like freelance to the max is <laughs> <laughs> the only way I could describe it yeah so I'm a gardener um, and that's the core of everything I do and um, but the broadcasting side of it is to bring people and plants together So I um, have a radio show, which is about gardening, and a podcast, a plant-based podcast, which is all about the world of plants in general. Um, I'm an author, so my second book was released um, just last month, which is, of course, all about gardening. Um, I write for numerous magazines. I provide copy to horticultural companies, organizations, even marketing companies, nurseries, all around the world, and um, I, I speak about uh, the joy of gardening really so to kind of bring people back to what I believe is the our intrinsic link to well-being and that's plants.
0: Yeah because that's what I love a lot about what you do as well is it's not just about the gardening and the plants is it there's a real connection here with well-being and mental health and the ways that gardening and plants can bring that into our lives.
1: Exactly I mean I think that Certainly over the last few years, we've seen such an increase in people who are interested in nature and gardening, and it's something I've been going on about for like 20 years. <laughs> and it took a pandemic for us to get there. Um, but yeah, it is, it, you know, everything I do really is, is linked to well-being. So even the columns I write or the books that I write, everything will have that kind of underlying theme of looking after yourself, both physically and, and mentally. And I think when you do that through gardening and plants, it just kind of enlightens your whole world you know you look at things differently because you see the way things grow and it teaches so many lessons and brings you into connection with the natural world and I think we see ourselves as humans in a very different way when we connect with plants
0: yeah oh I love that because you're right and it's it's a lot of patience comes from it as well, doesn't it? And I'm, I'm all about analogies. And I, I think I did a post a while ago about or it might have been an Instagram reel or something um, about how freelancing's <laughs> how, how <laughs> like the garden, you know, some people might be in the stage of they've planted some bulbs and they're waiting to see what comes up. I mean, I know when you plant bulbs, sometimes you can forget you have planted them and then you're like, Oh, yeah. Shit, where did they <laughs> it's like when you do a shout out on social media and you forget and loads of people reply at some point. Um <laughs> Tell us how did you come to to work in this space? Because I know this this wasn't always the plan, was it? This is a bit of an organic oh, organic
1: journey yeah. Yeah. for you. <laughs> oh, there we go! Like organic, we're we'll getting we'll get all the words in. Yeah. Um, so I've always loved plants, ever since I was a child, and I always uh, tell a story of how um, when I was young, I used to help my uncle in his garden, and he had a really long garden at the end at the back of a council house. Half of it was lawn, and the back was an organic kitchen garden. And I always remember the fence panels were low mm. and so everyone used to like lean on the fence panel, have a cup of tea together and chat about the gardens, like that lovely community feel, you know, now we put our fences up, don't we? We don't want to see any, we don't want to see our neighbours. And I love, I always I remember that. And uh, he used to send me down the end of the garden to pick the caterpillars off the cabbages and used to give me a jam jar. And uh, I have no idea what happened to those caterpillars. They don't even like to think of it, but I, that's what I would do. I'd pick them off, that would be my job. And um, I just used to love being outside and My parents had a kitchen garden ever since I was born. So I've always been around plants. I've always loved plants. It wasn't cool when I was a teenager, so I never really told anyone about it um and then I uh had my careers uh let like lesson teach like consultation whatever you would call it at school yes, back I then. The and then um,
0: achievement was it this big red book yeah you have. yeah
1: <laughs> it was like a reddish maroon color book uh, like record of achievement thing I remember that now and then she like anyway she opened her book up and she was like what do you want to be and I was like well, I don't know how can you a 15 I was a 15 year old I have no idea what I wanted to do and she said well what what do you like? And for the first time ever, I said plants. And she looked through her book. She, it was almost like she was scrolling through all the different career types. And she said, Well, Ellen, you could be a teacher or a an nurse. Oh, <laughs> and I, was, I remember thinking, Oh, okay. So clearly there's nothing in horticulture. Anyway, a roundabout way I ended up working in human resources, which is entirely different to working with plants, but it was working with people. Yeah. And um, I became a chartered business manager. And I I knew employment law inside out. (laughs) And it was dealing with people and tricky situations. And I was the person that people would always come to if there was a problem. Um, And it was quite stressful. So I would come home at the end of the day and I would go into my garden or down to my allotment. And I felt like I would crave that time. And the only way I could ever describe it is that I felt like I was resetting for the next day. And, you know, I'd go there, I'd clear my mind and then I'd be like, all right, I'm ready to go again the next day. And I, you know, life is too short not to be doing something you're very passionate about. So I decided to take my RHS qualifications part time and I ended up leaving my uh, job in human resources and becoming a full time gardener. And it was really then while I was doing that, that I found a very a much deeper connection with the natural world. And kind of brought the two careers together if you like the people in the plants came together to to talk about well-being and, and get people out there in the garden and their hands dirty and I'm a yes person mm-hmm. I barely ever say no um and then I just see what happens and I roll with it and I know like the freelance work that's that's tricky sometimes when you're freelancing oh, however <laughs> I'm a total yes person and um and I said yes to someone asking me to do um a piece on tv and then from there, I started learning how to produce and present, and I ended up in broadcasting and writing. Um, and I see that as kind of a merge of the two careers together, really. And I actually spend more time now typing than I do outside doing anyone else's gardens, but it does give me more time to do my own. And um, I feel like I've found my purpose, you oh, know, which is a nice place to be.
0: Oh, it's brilliant. And do you feel like, I often say to people, I, I wrestled a lot with, I was journalist for 20 years, I've come into coaching started freelance fields. And I I tried for quite a long time to shake off journalist Jenny. I didn't really want to know her anymore. I was trying to like completely shake off that old me and become this new shiny coachy Jenny. And I really (laughs) had to come to to peace with the fact that journalist Jenny had to come as well. Like that side of me had to have happened and be existing in order for the current job to work and and me to have learned. And it sounds like it's sort of similar for you. You had to go through the process of working in HR in quite a corporate world in order to then come to what you do now and it work the way it does for you
1: I totally believe that uh, things happen for a reason perhaps or that that every experience is meant to be for you so even though at the time certainly in the last couple of years I was working HR I felt more stressed out I definitely didn't feel like I was being my authentic self I wasn't you know because I wasn't doing what I loved so much um you know and 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 I, I wasn't enjoying it so much. So when I first went into gar- like gardening full time, I wanted to forget that I ever worked in HR. You know, I just wanted to be me. I wanted to be outside in the garden. But as I've got a bit older and I look back on those experiences, I can I I totally feel like that part of me is always there. You know, I had all those experiences and I learned so many lessons from it. And I appreciate the time that I, I worked in HR now, much more than perhaps I did in the first few years that I left. So, yeah, I don't think you ever shake off who you were in a prior uh, previous career as such. But you, I think you have to embrace the lessons that you learn and bring them into the one you're doing now, you know, to, to enhance it, definitely.
0: Absolutely. What were the challenges before for you? Were there things that when you were working in HR that, was it, was it difficult mentally sometimes? And would, would you then, you mentioned sort of coming home and resetting. Would it be that kind of plants were, I'm imagining you've got a lot of plants behind you on the video. I know mm-hmm. people listening can't see, but there's just this lovely array of different shapes and sizes and colours and textures. Would you do things like you'd have a plant on your desk and you kind of think, that's my slight connection but you were being drawn towards more and more towards horticulture honestly
1: i was literally uh, more interested in taking care of the office plants than <laughs> i were the people <laughs> it was like my goal in a day to make sure all the office plants were okay um I didn't like being inside and in fact I can remember telling my uh, parents when they were saying you know what do you want to do I said I don't know what I want to do but the one thing I know I don't want to do is work in an office nine to five and that's what I ended up doing so for me it was being inside I wasn't made for it like I it doesn't it doesn't suit me I want to be outside so I struggled with that it was mainly going I needed to get fresh air and be outside and be with nature and um, I just I think the stressful parts of HR are taking on other people's issues Mm. you know and taking and I do like I wanted to make everyone feel okay I wanted it to be better for them I wanted them to be happy in their work um and so I felt like I took a lot of that on and that's you know, and now I work with plants, I kind of feel like it's like the plants are absorbing that from the people that I work with, rather than me as an individual, you know. Um, But for me, it was mainly just, I didn't like doing what other people told me to do. And I didn't like being in. All day
0: <laughs> sounds very familiar. I've realised I keep been told what to do. <laughs> but the fifth editor, I was like, I don't think it's them. I don't think it's them. Actually, I to go back and apologise them all. It wasn't them. It was me all along. They're probably if they're listening. <laughs> up, they're, finally, she's got this, Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: now you know. There you go. I've coached you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. We finally got that. There's coaching. Something else you do, isn't isn't it? You you also coach and t- tell us more about how things now work for you. How do you split your time between all of the different horticulture um, brands of your self-employed
1: life? It, yeah, it's a constant juggle. I felt like um, bringing the plants and people together required more than just social media posts and some writing in magazines. I wanted to reach more people, you know, to spread the love of it, really. So um, I took some wellness coaching training and cognitive behavior therapy, and that was on the top of social and therapeutic horticulture. So I've kind of merged to make my own wellness coaching style, which is all about, you know, connecting with the natural world. I do truly believe that any issue or any path you want to take or any confusion that you have in life can be resolved with plants or being outside in the garden. It just gives you clarity of mind um, and teaches you so much, like you mentioned, patience before. Um, and I'm very um, I'm it is I'm partially very strict with how I organise my day. And I'm also great at procrastinating too. <laughs> so it's a bit of a mishmash. I think I, I like to think I'm more organized than I am, but I've never missed a deadline. I've never missed a meeting. It all works. I trust myself. Um, now I've been freelancing for quite a lot of years that I know it will get done one way or the other. Um, I, I'm an obsessive list maker, uh, which is sometimes good and sometimes not good um and I am of the old school variety where I keep everything in a written diary and notebook
0: rather than online. but yeah all all notepads lists all All
1: notepads notepads. yeah Um, and that's how I organize it Uh, it works somehow (laughs) I love I I think it it? it works because no one else is telling me what to do
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're not you're not even at the behest of the software then are you no, say, no. You haven't filled in Tuesday. You're like, I don't want.
1: No, <laughs> no. I don't want any of that at all.
0: <laughs> I still write out I, when I do a content plan. So when I was younger, my dad always used to get a pad of A4, like a school pad of A4, and he would write out his plan for the month, and he'd write all the date, the numbers of the dates down the side for the month. And I found myself doing it, and I thought that must be something that I saw him do that I've now learned. But I just can't. I've tried. Online apps and boards and spreadsheets, and I just go back to my pad of A4 and write yeah. it for a month. And I'm sure some people must think that's crazy waste of time, but it's the only way I can truly oversee the the thoughts and the creative stuff that I want to get down. So I hear you on the notepads 100%. I,
1: I honestly, I 100% agree with you. I've tried online stuff, I've tried just literally instead of writing it in my notebook, I've tried just typing it on a spreadsheet or on a Word doc or whatever, and I don't enjoy it. and I don't, I don't think I do as many tasks if they're written online as opposed to in my notebook. I don't know why that is. There's obviously some kind of psych- psychology behind it, yes. but also I do quite a lot of typing, as in you know writing. So I don't want to have to go back to my laptop to look at my to-do list. I want to look at something different, you know, I want to take my eyes away from it. So, yeah, I'm all about the writing in a notepad. I don't I don't care if anyone thinks that that's crazy.
0: <laughs> I'm with you
1: on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that must be useful, because well, if you're out and about a lot, you might not always have your computer with you, whereas if you've got a notepad in your bag, wherever you are, you're going to be able to make notes or if you're with someone who wants to have a chat, you can, you can write down some of the important information you know you're outside a lot I presume And you did mention you are at your desk quite a lot typing but do you get out and about a lot and therefore you need to have something to write down on the go rather than a computer all the time yeah
1: absolutely and also you know the the signal on my phone is never seems to be any good whenever I really desperately need it so yeah it's easier just to have like a little notepad in my uh in my bag it comes with me everywhere I um I've kind of struck a bit of a balance these days where i am outside gardening or um if we podcast we will go to visit people sometimes as well mm. um and i spend a lot of time on my allotment because really that's my haven so i do have a, a quite a good balance now i'm not god gar- i'm not taking care of anyone else's gardens anymore because i'm focusing more on the wellness side of things so i'm not doing that so much but equally i've gardened for like over 40 years in general i know while i was working in hr it wasn't full time but i was still gardening all the time um every moment i could and i think my back and hips are
0: thanking me for the break right now (laughs) oh my goodness and with with the wellness how would you sort of describe what plants and gardening can do so i know some people will be listening and they will have some outside space other people will have a huge amount of outside space some people will be a balcony gardener and then other people will be all about the now we've always called them house plants. I've been reading a lot about indoor plants, <laughs> which is different to house plants. I, I wonder if that's a new trend. But basically, how 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 do how do all things green, all these lovely plants and things? How is that going to help our wellness as freelancers? What what can we can we? Oh god, this is going to be really cheesy now. Can we dig into that? I was I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm drunk, I said it. yeah i'd like to kind of do you have I don't a list, list.
1: of that you've got to get in for this podcast
0: <laughs> I genuinely didn't say that on purpose um, <laughs> yes um yeah because i mean obviously i know there's i guess there's the obvious slightly obvious things for people where touching foliage can be comforting for example or waiting for seeds to grow but what for you are the really intrinsic parts of, of well-being and and all things horticulture gardening and plants
1: i think I'm going to go right on in there with the most important thing and that is we're constantly talking about how we need to reconnect with nature and it's true we do need to reconnect with nature but more than that we have to remember that we are nature mm. you know, we see ourselves as a human species as separate to anything else on this planet you know we're very egotistical aren't we you know like we can control this or we can do this or we're better than this but we're not we are that we are the same as any other living species on the planet we've just evolved to be what we call the most intelligent of species <laughs> which that's pretty arguable uh frequently but um yeah so we're the same as animals and fish and trees and plants and fungi and even viruses you know we're all being kept alive by the spinning planet and i think that we when when we have that kind of more outside time away from our screens, which is not what we are designed to do as human beings anyway. We're not designed to be sitting at a desk with our headphones on typing, Mm -hmm. whilst it's amazing. And um, it's a lot of the work I do is digital as well. We're rubbish at getting a balance. And I think freelancers especially put a lot of emphasis on, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. We can be quite hard on ourselves. And when when you take yourself away and you go outside, just breathing the fresh air, the oils from the trees, um, and just remembering that we are part of outside rather than sitting inside. You know, we are part of that natural world. We're breathing out, you know, carbon dioxide, the trees are taking it in and they're, like they're releasing oxygen so that we can breathe. We all work together and, and we kind of forget that. So, you know, when you bring it down to tasks in the garden individually, first of all, it brings us hope. You know, if we're sowing seeds, which is an incredibly mindful and focused activity, and um, we're then hopeful for the future. You know, we're thinking about oh, what's going to grow? I can't wait for spring because yeah, it's going to pop up just the same as planting bulbs, for example. I'm planting them in autumn time. I can't wait for spring it brings that kind of hope cycle. And also, when things are chaotic, when you're working, just knowing that the seasons will all come around is actually a really important part of psychology and well-being. Knowing that spring will come, you know, knowing that summer will come, knowing that the, the leaves will change in autumn and it will get cold in winter, is actually good for our minds. Um, and we know that birdsong in spring, for example, um lifts our spirits. It's like the the original, the OG music. So when we are busy working we need to take ourselves away from it for a moment and focus on something else and gardening does that for us it teaches us patience which teaches us that sometimes it doesn't work out things don't always work out and that's completely okay learn from it and move on you know and take that lesson um, and and try it a different way next time or if you don't want to do that again then compost it and do something different um, So I I see that every single action you take in the garden, you can relate to your own well-being. So deadheading, as you're removing something old, it's to allow space for something new, you know. And with weeding, uh, you can weed out negative thoughts. So we have negative thoughts. And as a freelancer, they can creep in because often as a freelancer, you're working alone. And so things can kind of creep into your mind and you can go outside and remove a weed and think of that negative thought for a moment, you know, just for a moment. And then, as you throw away your weed or you compost it, throw away your negative thought at the same time. So there's just so many kind of aspects of gardening that you can relate to your own mental health well-being. And at, at, at anyway, as you're gardening, you're getting all the physical health benefits as well. You know, we know that it reduces uh, your risk of heart disease and even Alzheimer's disease and um, it's good for your cardiovascular system it can reduce stroke uh, risk you know you're getting the vitamin d that we all pretty much lack in uh in western society so um the benefits are en- absolutely endless if you just take your time you know to
0: got i love that i love the weed analogy that's so that's really, really stuck with me. And then again, looking at all the plants behind you, I think some people, there's a real sense of failure sometimes, isn't there? Especially with houseplants. If you kill a houseplant, you're like, I killed a houseplant, I'm a failure, I'm useless. <laughs> and it's taken me quite a long time to realise that houseplants really do just come and go quite a lot. Um, and you have to let go of them. But actually it can be quite hard, like it is with a freelance project. When you put your heart and soul into it and you've really believed it might work, like I might launch a workshop and think, oh, this is the one. Oh yes, this is going to go into the plant, the workshop of my dreams and then it doesn't and you're like oh but often it, <laughs> you're kind of like oh no I've got to let it go like you say you've got to let it got to compost it and decide whether yeah. to get the same exactly that blend. exactly
1: oh, that I like I often say like someone says oh I can't garden because like I killed a plant or a house or whatever that might be and I would just say the world will not end if your petunias die mm-hmm. you know and if they died or your houseplant died try it a different way next time and that's the same as anything we do in life you know take the lesson from it okay well it didn't grow there it didn't grow in that soil or it didn't grow with all that sun that's okay I'm not a failure that's just how it goes and you know what sometimes you can do everything right Mm. and it still won't work out you know but just keep on going because that's what nature does you know it keeps on going and we can keep on going to try it a different way, you know, just enjoy the process. I always think we're so keen on the outcome of anything that can be the, you know, the project that we're working on or it can be our garden or it can be whatever. We want the outcome and we want it quickly. But um, nature doesn't do that. Nature does it its own way. It teaches you patience and um, enjoy the process more than
0: worrying about the outcome. I think
1: it's important.
0: Wow. That's really oh, And especially at the moment, I think, because. I love dahlias. And as we're speaking, it's mid-August. In fact, it's bang on mid-August. It's the 15th of August. And uh, normally the garden, this time last year, the garden was full of dahlias, but it's not at the moment because we haven't had much rain in the UK. Um, And I'm sad, I'm impatient, I'm nervous that there's not going to be any dahlias, that I'm going to miss out on my big vases of dahlias. And it's kind of about saying, well, I can't can't control that. I cannot Mm. control it. I can check the weather and see if it's going to rain and hopefully prepare for that and perhaps plan. But yeah, there's some things that are out of our control and and living things sort of teach us that a bit, don't they? Yeah,
1: I think as humans, we feel like we have to control everything or we have to be in control. But we are not, we don't own the planet. We don't even own those dahlias. We are merely caretakers of them. You know, we're caretakers of the planet. We're caretakers of the soil and the plants around us we can't control everything and that's a very good lesson to learn you know for work as well we can't control everything that happens around us and and often things are out of our control and we just have to manage that you know we have to work with it cultivate it and and manage it rather than feeling like we're constantly in control of it and you know what if you do not get your of daily, I completely understand the disappointment um, for sure but next year you will be even more excited because you'll have an amazing world of dahlias and you will have missed them this year so there's always like a positive way of looking at it
0: (laughs) (laughs) with that business idea as well I guess you can kind of think well if that's not working kind of think well actually it's easy to focus on one thing isn't it I'm like oh no the dahlias but actually something else has bloomed that didn't work last year I think it's a ginger lily something my partner planted so it's like actually hold on a minute but we're really bad at looking at the thing that's gone right we're always focusing on the thing that's not perhaps going right aren't we in business
1: Uh, yeah and I think that's very much um a a kind of a product of our environment and um social um you know how, how everything is within the human digital world at the moment that we are very uh like we're very programmed to look at the negative always But if we look around, there is so much beauty. There's so much more to see. You know, your dahlias aren't blooming. And yeah, I get it. Like I said, I get the disappointment. But there'll be something else that's blooming and it will be really, really pretty. And perhaps you haven't noticed how pretty that is before because you've been focused on the dahlias. And that's exactly the same thing as when we work. So this isn't working. Okay, so A isn't working. But look at B you know there's an opportunity there I hadn't really focused on that before mm-hmm. you know so we're very much programmed to look at the negative and I'm going to completely outright blame the news <laughs> the <Yeah>. media
0: because <laughs> <laughs> everything you really is
1: negative <laughs> no one ever reports on the great stuff do they and um, but the garden again teaches us that you know so it, it, I think practically everything in the garden can be linked back to to, to our well-being for sure
0: or what have been the biggest challenges for you? I guess from a point of view of, I would assume, and tell me if this is right or not, that a lot of people assume about you because you work with plants and they assume you're outdoors all the time that they think, oh, what, what would she have to complain about for her well-being? Surely she's just, you know, running around her allotment like the Maximus, our gladiator, tickling the wheat and the tops of all the beautiful plants you've grown and, you know, dusting your house plants. Is there a bit of an assumption that because you work with a lot of natural things that you are automatically happier and more content, and actually, that is a bit of a challenge for you. What, what comes up when you sort of think of that?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really, really interesting question, actually. And I'm gonna—I'll go back to the point when I realised that life was too short uh, to not be doing something you're very passionate about. So I had an unexpected and very big operation in my early 30s that I um, had com- completely changed the course of where I thought my life was going to go, and. It meant that I found solace in the garden and I realised at that point really that it wasn't me cultivating the garden, it was the garden cultivating me. I needed it in order to recover both physically and mentally for many years Um, and so I I wouldn't say that I directly have, I think we all have mental health issues one way or the other, I wouldn't say that there was anything that has hugely impacted my day-to-day life but what I would say is that it has given me something to focus on it's given me something to nurture I don't have children because of that operation and I thought I would have gone in that direction and it's given me something to look after to be responsible for to be caretaker of to kind of leave a legacy if you like all of those things that us um, humans are arrogant enough to think we need to do but you know all of that kind of thing Um, And so I think actually on a day to day basis, it is helping my well-being. Yes. Does it make me happy being outside? Absolutely. But I still have all of the same issues that every single other human being does. You know, too much work. I still get really stressed out. I still tell my husband off every time he leaves his pants on the floor. And, um, you know, all of the normal things that everyone else gets annoyed about. We don't need to get annoyed about, really. And um, I still have to fit in a million things. And freelance working, as you know, is a real juggle. Yeah. And sometimes you have to kind of, there's a, because I love gardening and I love doing what I'm doing, I could easily be doing it 24 hours a day. you know so I do have to exactly I do have to stop myself so I still have all of the same things going on that everyone else has going on but I know that when I take myself away from whatever's happening and I go out into the garden that I know that I will find my uh, peace again um, and I wish I could be on my allotment and out in my garden all of the time, 24 hours a day, but I can't because I do work and I do have to pay the bills as well. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I do I do think that gardening probably does make me more um, empathetic, I would say, more in tune with the natural world and overall happier, yes. But that isn't without usual human being issues that go on on a day to day basis as well. Yeah
0: oh thank you for your honesty there i really appreciate that because i'm sure a lot of people will be glad that you know glad to hear parts of your story and, and also that that will relate for them as well and we've talked yeah. about the gar- about outdoors for the people who are listening who are thinking what about house plants i don't have a garden um what what are the benefits of having house plants of freelancers and that probably feels like a really obvious question but i think sort of from your point of view there's probably going to be a lot more things than just <laughs> plants on your desk and they're good for the air in your room what why do we need lovely house plants in our space as freelancers? Because I believe well, you know, you think we
1: do? I I can see your lovely monstera sitting behind <laughs> you. Um, I've got one down next to me as well. I'm gonna even move my like just so you can see oh, it. there it is beauty. It is a beauty. um, um I love them. So, yeah, of course, there are the well-known benefits, which is they clear the air of toxins. And NASA were the first to ever uh, study houseplants. Um, oh. And they've done something called the clean air study, which you can find online. And they went through all of the different house plants and discovered um, how much toxin they took out of the air. Uh, some of the top ones were the sansevieria, which is the mother-in-law's tongue. Oh, yeah. um uh the spider plant a good old spider plant that some people love and some people hate uh, oh, I they, love them uh, but I like
0: 70s hanging baskets and I don't know. Yeah, don't I love a
1: little hair. bit of Macrame as well with things yeah. hanging out of. And well, basically I like all plants, so I'll have any of them, but um it's a big mishmash. There's no style. There's just there's just plants plonked everywhere. <laughs> um so yes, obviously we are even as freelancers sitting at home, we are subjected to the toxins in the air. So that's from ink or printers or fabrics, that kind of thing. Um, and just one Sansevieria, which is the easiest plant to look after ever, anyway. And that will uh, reduce toxins in uh, the area that you're working in your home by uh, a large percentage. So there is that, of course. Um, And then aesthetically, they soften the room, which is nicer as well. There's been some studies that have shown that having plants around you while you work actually increases motivation and efficiency and productivity. So just having a few plants on your desk or in your room is actually very good for you. But just like plants outside, you're still responsible for them. You're still nurturing them. You still might give the the foliage a little clean or you might think about when they need to be watered or you might look at them and you might see a leaf that needs removing. I'm going to do that right now, right in front of me, (laughs) you know, and it just takes your eyes off the screen um, and it gives you something to look after and be responsible for. And you might just stop and look at the texture of the leaves or like the patterns on them And it just reminds you really that there's something else relying on you. There's something else that's important, you know. It's something to be responsible for. Um, So you can basically treat your houseplants just the same as you would as outdoor plants. You know, when you water them, think about the fact that, you know, the water is helping to keep them alive and does it need a feed? And, oh, I might need to just prune that back a little bit. I might need to pot it on all the same things as you would from outside. outside. And then, um, and liken them to kind of, you know well-being your own well-being as well indoors and and really it's all about nurturing it and and actually um someone was who I was I can't remember who I was talking to you now but she was saying that she often puts a few of her house plants around her mm. and then she will just take her mind away from work even if it's only for 10 minutes and read a book uh with her plants around her she just says it gives her such a nice vibe and she was freelance as well actually yeah it's a friend of mine now I can remember talking about it and so she'll group like a few together yeah. and then just sit with her book near them. And, and like there's the greenery around her and she's reading and, and not working. She says it just chills her out for a few minutes
0: before she goes back to work. That's so lovely. That makes me think of conservatories of old where people would have a, yeah. the conservatory would be full because that was their way of having plants all year round. And yes, you'd go and take tea in the conservatory and surround yourself with all the different parts of, I love glass yeah. houses and conservatories though, like all the Kew Gardens, glass houses and things. So. yeah. Yeah, it's it's very specific, isn't it? Some people are more about the outdoors and then some people will be more about, I, I have a thing where I say freelancers are like cacti and lots of people have cacti rather than plant, you know, big bushy plants, for example. So it's, yes. I guess it is quite personal, isn't it? One person's love of the spider plant is going to be another person's desperate love to try and get their monstera as big as possible whereas someone else loves, loves little cacti and succulents it's all very personal
1: yeah that and that's the fun of it you know like it can be a totally personal experience you know you might only want to collect cacti or you might want some big plants it's like art it's entirely up to you it's subjective one might draw you in and then another you might think no nah, that's not for me and that's fine like we're all individuals we all have preferences and different tastes and there's so many plants that you can really take your pick and have something that pleases you, you know, while you're sitting working and you can just look at it and you know, if bonsai is your thing, then have your bonsai and your little snippers and, and and try it. and good luck with that because I've never kept one alive.
0: Always fancy the bonsai. It looks very mindful. And I think, now oh, I'm too impatient. I'm I'm just like, yeah, just get me a big, big bushy something. <laughs> tell tell us about the new book before and then i'll get you to tell everybody about where they can find you and and everything like that but i'd love to know about the new book as well what's it called and what's it about so my new bit's called how
1: to grow a garden and it is basically all about how to grow a garden but um over the last few years seeing the increase in people who are interested in gardening and getting outside and enjoying growing their own i also found a huge increase in questions on social media or just even my friends messaging me saying how do i do this how do i do that And a lot of them were the questions that I completely forgot that you would ask as a beginner gardener. You know, I've been gardening for so long that you forget, you know, some of the more basic things that are really essential, you know, to to, to understanding how to keep a plant alive. And so then I done a little research and there were plenty of things that I realised I couldn't find in the books. Like, how would you read a plant label when you go to the garden centre what to look out for what do different pots do or what's this bit that sticks out in the middle of the plant what's that for you know just really basic things and um so I decided to put them all together in a book so it's all about growing how to grow a thriving garden and we'll take you through the basics of botany even how to decode a plant label and um, the basics of um, I'm saying the basics of Latin name not in a way that would in any way um, discourage you from gardening and um, just having a bit of fun with it really oh. so planting a hanging basket or growing on a patio to having an allotment and um, but all with that underlying theme like that holistic view of gardening being good for your well-being so um, it's there really to help out anyone new to gardening but if you are into gardening already and you love it there will be lots of hints and tips in there for you as well. So how to grow a garden.
0: To grow a garden. Fantastic. Oh, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you. And I'm I'm going to go off and look after some of my houseplants for a bit. As Yay! Well. <laughs> a couple of them are in the bath. I do like to give them a shower every so often um lovely. So yeah food, the rubber plants had a shower over the weekend <laughs>
1: <laughs> be very thankful for it yeah. uh, and thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast as well it's been lovely chatting with you
0: absolute pleasure would you like to tell everyone where they can find you if they're interested in working with you in commissioning you to do something your social medias tell us all where everyone can find you so they can follow and engage with your content and, and what you're doing in the future
1: So it's Ellen Mary Gardening, which you will find on um, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And more recently, I've delved into the fun of TikTok and having a good old giggle with plants on there. Um, And that was definitely a lockdown thing that I was like, well, what can I do now? So that was TikTok. But that's Ellen Mary Gardening as well. And my website is also Ellen Mary Gardening too. So um, yes, basically anything to do with gardening, you'll find it there.